Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Randy, what's going on this week? Hey, Don. Um, <laughs> going. We recorded an episode of our other app, this old app, and the joke was, this episode is sponsored by Randy's Job Search. And So guess what this episode's sponsored by? <laughs> Randy's Job Search. It, yeah, exactly. Randy's Job Search is funding two episodes <laughs> across two different podcasts. So I've been, I'm in the job market. Uh, I've been working with a client um, for the last, <clears throat> I don't know, three to four years. And they have shut down funding on future work on an app. It doesn't need any new features, essentially, um, for what they're doing. So I'm in the process of looking for a new landing spot. So if anyone's out there listening and you think that I could work with you and your team, give me a holler. But what has been interesting, um, I think, is the themes of all the people I'm talking to across the board when they talk about the tools they use. And I would say the last time I was really looking at a job market was about 10 years ago. Um, I've never really gone through a whole lot of job applications and stuff because I've just had, I was in Chicago and I just had connections and all that good stuff, but I'm in Kansas city and I don't know even close as many people. And so I'm on the remote job search now. And the one thing that's standing out the most is that everyone talks about their continuous integration and deployment system now. And that was never a topic that was discussed a decade ago, Um, at least on the, I don't know if it's about being proud of the system or it's, it's a CI continuous integration and C and deployment is now an expected quality control and workflow mechanism that I just think all mature companies are have subscribed to over the last decade. And that's it's becoming yeah. very apparent. And so that's what we're kind of talking about today is continuous integration. Why is it important? What do we use? What do we have to learn? All that good stuff. So yeah, and and this this one came this one came out. Um, I, I, I had been talking to uh, someone, and it brought up a, uh, an all nighter I pulled once. Um, and this this is this is a little different because this was a very um, last minute throw it together sort of thing to where you know the CI and the CD didn't really. Uh, probably were not the right thing to do in this instance, but the, the backstory is, um, are you familiar with Hank green and John green? No. Um, they are brothers who, um, probably 10 years ago did a vlog series called brotherhood 2.0, where they just talked to each other through video, um, video diaries mm-hmm. for a year. That's the only way they talk to each other. Um, now John is a, uh, young adult author, a famous young adult author, Fallen, Fault in Our Stars, um, Looking for Alaska, yeah. um, 
other ones that uh, I've all I've read them all, but I can't uh, I can't come up with any others at the moment. Um, and then they they uh, Hank is has really dove into the um, the video side of it and is uh, I believe the um, backer the the creator of VidCon. Um, which is which is about a you know about doing business on on YouTube and things like that. Um, so anyway, at once a year they've got um, something they call the Project for Awesome, which is a nonprofit um, where they try and raise money. Mm-hmm. And this was back in their early days. And and one day Hank had put out to the world that he was looking for somebody to put together a website to take on the donations, and it was just going to be PayPal links and and things like that. And I was like, well, I wouldn't mind helping. Um, so I, I, I let him know that I wouldn't mind helping. Um, and this was probably four months before the actual event. I didn't hear anything. Um, and this is my recollection of the story. It may have gone differently. Um, until about a month beforehand, um, not even a month. It felt like it was a couple weeks. Uh, when, when, Someone he finally reached out to me and said, "Hey, can you put this together?" And and this was this was at a time when I was in Drupal and I was like, "Yeah, I could probably get Drupal to do this and and just you know build a page that you know had different you know one box for each item that they were um, you know selling uh, in order to donate to. As long as it's all PayPal links, as long as I don't have to you know do a whole credit card processing." side yeah. it was just paypal then it, it it was okay i actually got it up i got it working um it looked it looked fine i'm not a designer it looked okay it was utilitarian um but it worked however um it did not handle the load mm-hmm. um and and that was that was my first real uh dive into caching and and figuring out how to handle load what i actually ended up doing um to save it so that it 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 would work for this one day event um i ended up just taking each page taking all the html and just putting the html up on the server instead of serving it through drupal um and, and just having it serve static sites, static pages instead, yeah. um, which worked. Um, but again, wasn't, wasn't great. Um, I was literally up all night just getting that to work. Um, so that, that's what kind of brought this whole topic up of, of what, what disasters have we had? What, 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 um, and what's the, climate like today and as you said the climate today is is continuous integration continuous development and over on the aspire edu side that's that's something we we go down we go down that path of continuous uh we've been that way from probably the beginning almost um my guys will push things in the middle of the day um just because we've got our our system set up to where it's not really gonna interrupt the flow of anything but what does CI mean to you? Like, define it. What does continuous integration mean to me? Okay, so continuous integration to me is the ability to um, take the code, uh, 
run it through some tests as, as, as you're hitting the deploy point, run it through um, tests to, to make sure it, you're not causing any further problems um, and wrapping it into the master branch. What does it mean to you? Well, for me, it means a process that your team yeah. has, one with source control. When you when yeah. you write code amongst many people, amongst many features and many stages of development, at the at the dev at the dev level, development level, how do you manage that code? So you mentioned master branch, and many companies work with this idea of a pristine master branch that nothing is merged in there that doesn't pass all the tests on a branch level. So that also right. now brings in the idea of tests. So you've got source control and now you've also built an automated test system of some kind. Could be unit tests, could be integration tests, but your team has to write those, that code that kind of sits alongside is parallel to the actual code base itself. And then once a, once you commit code to the source control system, again, that's usually Git. I, I don't know anybody. I've yet to talk to anybody in a blue moon that uses SVM or whatever the heck that old stuff was. Um, so usually with Git, you commit your changes to a branch. That branch then runs on a continuous integration server. So there's a server out there that monitors your Git repos. And when a commit is made, it basically grabs that code and then builds up a server and runs the entire app with its tests on that standalone server instance. If it passes, you get the all thumbs up from that CI server. This could be like code ship, uh, CI circle, uh, Travis, Jenkins, any of these things. But the idea is you are taking the entire code base and actually building it and making it so that it would be a standalone representation of the app and then running the tests against that so that you can know that, hey, this branch, this version of my code, of our team's code, is still passing tests. But it's not on your local dev machine that's doing the test, and it's not on production that's doing the test. Right. And then from there, and this is where it gets trickier about what companies do, but even from there, it then if everything passes on the branch, a choice has to be made at the dev level. Do we merge this into master? So then you merge that into the master branch and that deploys when a commit is made to master that deploys to then a staging server. So this is not like the circle CI, the server instance that that built up. This is an actual, in a way, mirror, a mirror to the production side that allows you to, push master and deploy it just as if it was production. And then you could have a level of testing around that. It could be QA, like people that go in and test features. It could be 
the end-to-end testing, like a Cypress or a Nightwatch or a Selenium that actually goes in and acts like a human and hammers the app on various features to make sure things are working. Um, it could be just a normal quality control where, hey, this is the feature the marketing department wanted. The marketing department can go and hit staging and, and check this feature out. So, right. but then at that point, a choice is made to push staging to production. And I know that there are some firms that just have it happen every couple hours. Like it doesn't even matter if there's a change. <laughs> they just, they continually just copy staging to production, which is a little weird to me, but they, they, I, I know a company that did it because they're just like, we routinely know that if it reaches staging and it's got the green light that it can be copied over. And I've never trusted that. Like I want to know exactly when I'm pushed to production, but the bigger point is at every stage of this process, a, you have like there's deltas about changes that have been made and you can go in and reverse from any point in that process. The staging server could be reverted back to a previous Git version. The database would have a backup on the staging server, as well as production has a backup of data on its server um, or wherever, wherever your data is hosted. And so you can revert back to previous versions of the database. Um, but the idea is that there's all of these various stages that of safety and quality checks and testing so that every incremental change you make will alarm you as to if there are problems versus right the way that we used to do it before the way that i was introduced to it which is (laughs) write some code to a file test it locally on your computer now FTP that file up to the production server and then go and test it. Refresh the page on the production server. And pray. Every time. Regardless of if you're an atheist <laughs> even if, <laughs> or that you or you speak to a God that doesn't accept prayers, you still pray. So, and, and that's truly like when I started out, I had no idea what a, what a deployment system was. We never even teach CI to the bootcamp students because we don't have that much time. Um, they know, they know the part of CI source control. They learn Git from week one, but there's not, we don't ever get them into the setup of circle CI or Jenkins or anything of code ship or whatever. Um, may I kind of touched on Heroku pipelines because I found that to be kind of easy to, to discuss, but none of my students wanted to add that l- layer of complexity. And so back in the day when we started out, it truly was edit a file and somehow push it up to um, the production server directly. I didn't have staging, didn't have that luxury didn't have a team that taught me how to do better. It wasn't until I got to Vibes Media 
um, when I was working, when I had to work with the engineering team's servers, they were like, you can't just push this stuff to our server. You got to push it through Git. I'm like, oh, okay, let me learn how to do that. So, I mean, that was a good decade or more ago. But that's been my experience. Or My experience was from the dreadful um, upload and pray versus the I will be shocked if a problem gets pushed to production with all the layers of control we have around this stuff now. And I, I mean, it's a much, I mean, I, de- I hated deployments at, so by the time you got to a mature app with a lot of stuff without test. I hated doing deployments. Yeah. I was like, what's going to break now? And now companies are brag about the level of change that they're able to, to deploy daily to their app. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And that makes, I mean, that's, and think about, I don't know about your phone cause you use Android, but on my phone, I get updated apps. Like a, if I wait a week, I have a hundred updates to make because companies are able to, cause they, they have another layer of protection on, on the app stores because those stores like Apple and Google at least have some kind of quality checks that they make the people follow after they've gone through the process. But you can now tell, like back in the day, I remember I would get maybe 20 to 30 a month of app updates. And now on a weekly basis, I see hundreds. And I think the difference is not that I've downloaded more apps, (laughs) which is definitely the case, but it's much more about all of these teams are making fearless changes on a much more rapid basis. And so their quality and their deployments are faster and and quicker. That's my guess on it. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's also, it's just becoming part of the thing, right? Um, It's the fact that everybody, you say you don't teach it, but it's part of, the process and as that becomes more and more the default um people get better at it and are more comfortable with it um i know back in when gracious this was i guess right when we first started to know each other i was doing some work for fantasy asylum um which was a fantasy sports Mm -hmm. website and it was it was very much that of Oh, we need this change made to this feature. Okay, we think it works okay on staging. Let's push it. And then, you know, one out of every three times you have to roll it back or you have to put in a hot fix for something you missed. Um, so it, it, it's a lot easier nowadays with that continuous integration for sure. So. Just the mindset yeah. alone. I mean, what tools do you all use at Aspire EDU? Uh, to be honest, I ha- I'd have to go look. We have we have a, um, let me pull up the uh, Slack channel here, because we've got things that when we push, it automatically does the checks, um, and it does the, uh, see, they've got it all hidden back behind um, in Heroku. So I couldn't tell you d- exactly what tools we're using. Um, but we do have a um, 
we do have CI running that's running all our tests. Uh, we do have code code COV um, that's doing code coverage, but that's not that's not testing. Mm. Um, it's a quality check. It's a report. It, it's, it's, it, it's a quality check, but that's that's really more quality check of the yeah. test itself, not of the change. Um, but I think I think that might be the quote app or the the Slack user that reports some of the testing as well. So, how much do you stress about deployments these days with Aspire Edu? Oh, I don't at all, because a history we we've we've not a we have. I'm not even going to say we haven't taken us or I don't want to jinx it, um, but uh, the the tests that we've written are robust enough to catch just about everything that's going on. Um, the only issue we run into sometimes is we've got. Our U.S. well, our non-Australian um, code on Heroku and our Australian code on Convox, which is a Heroku clone that mm-hmm. you can run on on servers. Um, and the reason we did that was for Australian data uh, laws. Uh, we couldn't run Heroku in Australia because they didn't have a uh, a server at the time that was based in Australia. Um, so sometimes we'll get a little disconnect between those two, but not often because when we push, it pushes to mm-hmm. both of them. Um, and it, in that case, it's sometimes just a failed automation. Um, but I don't stress about deployments at all. The only time we've we've gotten a little that that I was a little nervous was when we split up the databases. Yeah. Um, a few months ago, because at the end of the day, you can't test that. Yeah, um, it'd be hard, very hard. Not to where you're going to be comfortable. Uh, and that was a case of we split our database into three. Um, and at the end of the day, it worked fine. And I I was always okay because I knew if we had to, we could switch it all back to the main one and work with any changes. Um, but that was the most nervous I've been and that worked. Well, let me, that worked well. We didn't have any issues with that either. Do devil's advocate on that one. Like why couldn't you have created a third staging environment with the three database model and ran that for a week? We could, we could have, to me, I'm not sure I would have been convinced it was a good enough test for the effort involved. Well, you had to do it um, from production. Would have been, and and it's not like we didn't do we. It's not like we didn't do exactly that. We did create a staging environment to where we split the database in three, ran our code against it. We just didn't run it for a week. Yeah, we ran it for well, a few yeah. Days. The time is um, is arbitrary, just, but. Yeah, but we, 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 we did, we did run it. We did go ahead and split it. Um, the track, we, we ran our nightly retrievals against it. Um, what we don't have the ability to do is have the, you know, the end user hit it. Um, and that's the last piece that we just kind of had to let it go out into the wild and, and go with, 
we had done as we had we had spent weeks um, checking and double checking uh, just because we knew how, how critical a change this was. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not nervous about it. Um, so you have a Slack channel for feedback from your from your CI process. We actually have a couple Slack channels, one for, for pushes to GitHub. Um, that, and that just, that's just anytime anything gets pushed to GitHub, it, it how numb are you to those channels? Um, and then I'm very numb. Well, let me, let me put it this way. The pushes channel I'm fairly numb to, but I will review it just because that's also how I see new issues that the CEO has put in there. Um, that's where she logs issues within GitHub. Um, and so this catches new issues being opened as well. So it's a way for me to stay on top of everything she's seeing. Um, the deploy channel, I'm very numb to, um, in my Slack usage for aspiring to you, I look at all the, the all unreads, um, choice, which just shows you all the different unread yeah. messages you have. And then I usually have five or six that I have to go through. Um, but I, I, I still read through everything. I just don't look immediately upon alert on anything. Um, the only thing I'll, I'll look immediately on alert on is we have a situation channel and that's where all our errors will go to. Um, all our significant errors will go to. Um, and so when that alerts, then I'll look and, and be like, Oh yeah, we know what that one is. Or usually about three quarters of the time, something pings there. Somebody will pipe up and say, that was me. Um, whether it was uh, a bad entry they had done mm -hmm. on testing something or, or what it was. Um, it's usually not a actual big problem. It's just we have it. We have the threshold low enough that yeah. it's catching little stuff too. I mean, I have on apps that I've been on teams and apps I've built lately, we've attached the code, um, like prettier level linting checks to our CI. Yeah. So that it was like your yeah. code may work, but if you don't run the lint on your system, you have too many spaces after the end of a line, you know, like that's why I like prettier now when we have that debate before, but Prettier is a is is a process of continuous integration as well on your desktop. But sure if is. you don't have prettier and you have to like run your own linting, our system will catch that too. And it can be annoying because I mean, how long does it take your testing to run? If you were to run all the tests that you have automated, how long does that take? Yeah, when when we make a normal push, we're looking at 10, 15 minutes. Um, yeah. When they make a push, we're, we're waiting for it to report. I mean, I had a system, the, the biggest application that I ever built um, was with the innovations for learning and the sense of how many users it really had and the, how the data was all over the place. And it took about 
yeah. 12 to 13 minutes to run the whole test suite. And, you know, yeah. in my mind, some of the tests were inefficient. I, I know this for a fact, but it was also, it didn't matter to me. Like when we get into the deployments, we're deploying once an hour at the very most. So I don't care about a 15 minute entire system test. But the person that took over for me, <laughs> one of his first moves was he was so annoyed with the test suite running for 10 to 15 minutes. It was 10 minutes that he just like commented out like this humongous chunk of tests just so we could, he could get past it. And, and that <laughs> like, he lost the entire dev team when he did that because all of us were like, <laughs> we built all those tests. We, that is our insurance of against regressions in production. And because you have just come on board and you, you don't have the same level of patience we do, you just effectively try to delete all of our work on that side. And the right. truth is, is we could have broken up those tests into parallel tests that could have run on multiple CI servers. I mean, you could, you, I guess the bigger point is once an app gets big, you start scaling your CI too. And you can, I mean, sure, at one point we had, we would send out a deployment and I know the CI it was circle CI at that point. Circle CI would run three versions of the app against three different database. Like it would run three sets of tests all at the same time. So we went from 15 minutes to seven minutes, I think, within a very short period of time. So you scale that too. But then you also get in and you realize, oh, you know, I'm writing really an inefficient test from a database perspective. Like read and writes to the database are usually the bigger uh time suck of a testing arrangement and right so we when the when the next person that person didn't last very long so then another person replaced him and when that person came on board they're like why are all these tests commented out and i'm like oh the previous guy hated it and he was like we're turning those all back on and i'm like i think you're gonna be i think you're gonna be great for this job <laughs> so we um so but it could be annoying too like that's if you come from a background with limited ci work and you don't see why 10 minutes is maybe not a big deal to, to deploy then it could go i guess be annoying and i know I, i've heard people brag about we can run our yeah. whole test suite in three minutes and I'm, I'm like how big is your app like how much time do you have to focus on efficient testing versus getting things done um, because in a way the CI system is invisible to the rest of your business. Like they don't know anything you do about that kind of stuff. <laughs> the right. accountants are always like, what is this? What is this charge for? And I'm like, it, for, it, well, for an integration server. And they're like, what's that? You know, like nobody in the business understands that, but the yeah. dev team really. Well, and it, it, it is part of the development cost that does have to get explained every once in a while of why did this take so long and, and this is working. What are we waiting for? And it's like, well, the, we're still writing yeah. the test for it. That's what I Which isn't TDD, but that's okay. I don't really see a ton of bugs in apps anymore myself. Like I, the apps that I use have a very high 
quality rink, I think. Um, and yeah. so for me, to me, all of this, this whole continuous integration, r- multiple changes deployed, rapid deployments has led to a decade of really high quality software, very low bugs compared to most, right. Right. Most products. Like I would say a couple of days ago, I used zero XERO for my accounting. And I clicked on a link to change a credit card that was being used. And then the whole thing just went to, sh- to crap when I clicked on the link. And within an hour, I got an email from them saying, hey, we noticed you, ha- you got that bug. <laughs> it's fixed. And I didn't even go, I didn't reach out to them. I didn't say I got this bug. So that means that they had, I mean, reporting right. on production, your error management system is part of your integration as well, right? Because on my old app, yeah. I remember um, I had Honey Badger or maybe what's the name of those. There's like there's probably five or six different uh, error tracking systems, but our error tracking system would tell us, by the way, this error just happened. Your users got a blank screen. Usually, we don't give them stack traces on error um, issues, but the bigger point is it would tell us this error occurred after this commit, after this deployment. So we could go and go, oh, wait, what changed? Like we could go and do a diff between where that error happened on the stack trace that we get and quickly track down what caused it. So to to me, the error tracking on production is part of the CI process, like at the very end, in my mind. And that's why Zero knew I probably triggered an error and they were able to track down, oh, this is the person that suffered because of it. And they just made a point to tell me and it was fixed the next day. Like I like that type right. of back in the old Windows XP Vista days, there was no such thing as deployments like that. Like that kind of rapid timing. No, not at all. I mean, it was, it's just unheard of. And now we get a Chrome update every two weeks on routine. Yeah. So yeah. for me looking, so I guess circling back, um, I don't have I mean, any other ideas or thoughts on CI that you have right now. No, no. I think we've hit everything that, that was important to talk about as far as continuous integration. Um, yeah, I, don't I mean, I can, I do, I guess the other points I'll make Heroku has its own pipeline system. Now I don't use their CI sure. because it was always sure. very difficult to set up and the cost is, doesn't really, it doesn't totally make sense what you're going to be end up paying for it. But I really like they have, you can have a staging, um, section, a production you can have repos that are staging repo, production repo. You can also have pull request repos. So when someone on my team creates a pull request, Heroku fires up a temporary version of the app that you can test live before it even gets to staging. 
And then if you if you turn that PR and merge it into master, Heroku just shuts down the PR app because you don't need it anymore. It's been merged. And then right. you have your new, like I use staging for testing with my the user end users all the time. I'm like, go to the staging site. And they all have it bookmarked now that they can go in and use staging to check out new features before they go to production. And the only thing I do on production is, is essentially it pushes the commits up to production and it's done in a few minutes, like as long as a Heroku build takes. And if I needed to revert, I'd just say, hey, go back to the last commit on Heroku. So the where I've really seen it change the most is on going back to that whole CMS deployment, which was all FTP. That's the only way, like when you, we worked in Drupal, what did, like, what was the, you just used FTP for deployment, didn't you? Oh yeah. You had to, you had to get the FTP address, you know, get the folder set up and send the, send the code up to the so we server. We talked and on this old app last episode, we talked about the hosted man, managed hosting platforms of Pantheon and WordPress engine. And I swear, excuse me, the nowadays I won't work on WordPress or Pan or uh, Drupal unless I'm going to use one of those two managed hosting. And oh, the biggest sure. reason is yeah. that they both have deployment staging systems that are amazing compared to what we had to deal with back in the day. And I love the, I, I like Pantheon's the best. They have a development um, site that you can work with. You push that up to a st- testing site or a testing um, stage. And then they have, you can pull the database back from production into the testing environment. So it's essentially you're merging the changed code from development into the live data from production and test everything in the middle. And then when you're like, hey, we're, this is good to go, you go back up to production and say, hey, copy the code over. Now, it's a little, conf- it's still complex in that Drupal and WordPress still allow development to be stored in the database. So right. you can build whole themes where all of the CSS is stored in the database. That's a problem when you try to do code pushes and stuff. Like you, you're not committing code to Git into source control. But at the end of the day, the level of security I felt when I recently worked on a Drupal site again and deploying through Pantheon again, the the continuous integration system that they have used on WP Engine and Pantheon are light years ahead of what we had to do back in the day. And all of a sudden I was like, I kind of like working on this again. It wasn't, it, the pain and yeah. fear was no yeah. longer there. And I could revert. I could go into if if I screwed up on Pantheon, I could just revert back to the previous version from a few minutes ago with like a button click. I mean, that wasn't possible. Like that, I'd have to go through an FTP a bunch of crap and then test it again. So, right. I think that CI is by far the thing that stands out the most in my job search now. And it's by far what I love about development these days. The yeah, and it, 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 it's it's a complete sea change from a from a decade ago for sure. If you don't have it, either you're going to 
either I will be empowered to install it or I ain't working with you. Like that's, it's gotta happen. Like I can't yeah. go back to the days of, yeah, like you said, push and pray. Like I can't do that. Like that's nerve wracking. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that's all I got. All right. Well, I think that's, that's all we had for this cool. week. Talk to you next. See you. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week.